Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Okay, before I get to my next guest, Ron Cross, I want to remind you about a couple of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Adele Golf. Is your driver adjustable? Of course it is. How about your irons? Didn't think so. Adele's new SMS irons give you adjustability in an iron to match your swing. These new irons come with three weights lined up across the back of the club. By moving the heavy weight to the heel, center, or toe location, you can match the club to your swing instead of vice versa. The result? Total control of the club face for more distance and accuracy. Your irons can't do this. Check them out online by going to adelgolf.com. I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Squares Golf. Are you like me, always considering new golf equipment, maybe a new driver? Well, let me reset your thinking because I discovered Squares Golf Shoes. The patented Squares Toe provides balance, stability, and a wider base for increased connection to the ground, effectively increasing your swing speed by 2.2 miles per hour and an average of 9 yards of distance. Independent testing proves it. That's right. It's proven in science. Go to squares.com, get the Squares 30-day money-back guarantee, and use promo code DISTANCE to get $20 off. Remember, distance comes from swing speed, and swing speed comes from your connection to the ground. Squares, the distance golf shoe. Okay, now joining me is Ron Cross. Ron is a guy I became acquainted with about 13 years ago and have watched his great success ever since. He is currently the Chief Events Officer for Live Golf. But going back to the early parts of his career, Ron was the Vice President and Executive Director of the Players' Championship, then the Senior Director of Corporate Affairs at Augusta National. He went back to the PGA Tour as the Senior VP of Executive Affairs for the Office of the Commissioner, and then Senior VP for the President's Cup. Ron earned his Bachelor's Degree in Exercise, Sports Sciences, and Sports Administration at the University of Florida, and I'm excited to have him with me tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Ron, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Chris, my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Ron, I want to start by going back to a time when you were a teenager. I read that you grew up in Jacksonville, and you used to volunteer at the Players' Championship. Talk about how you got involved with volunteering there and some of the experience you got to have as a result of it. That's, uh, thank you for that. It was a tremendous opportunity growing up here in Jacksonville, Florida, home of the PGA Tour and the Players Championship. Uh, when I was growing up, that was, you know, the golf event and always wanted to be a part of it and was fortunate to be able to volunteer and, uh, see a standard bearer, you know, the kid carrying the sign. Um, and it was the very first event at TPC Sawgrass, 1982. And, uh, Great times with that golf course opening and Jerry Pate winning and throwing Dean Beeman and Pete Dye into the water. I was on the on the green there as it happened and um, just a tremendous experience and uh, loved everything about it. And then from there was able to go on to the University of Florida and got a sports administration degree. And part of that curriculum was to do an internship. And I said, wouldn't that be great to go back to the Players' Championship and do that, and uh, interviewed with uh, Henry Hughes, who was the executive director at the time, and uh, was fortunate that he allowed me the opportunity to do that internship and was at the right place at the right time and uh, stayed there at the tour for 19 years. So it was a 
a great start to my career. It's, uh, it's the only job I've had is in the world of golf. And, uh, as you mentioned so kindly to, to have been there at, a, uh, at the PGA tour and on to Augusta national, uh, back to the tour and now with live golf. So it's been a, a wild ride, a fun ride, great people that like yourself that I've had the opportunity to meet and interact with everybody in the world of golf are just genuinely nice, good people to work with. And that's been the, the best part about it. And I've made some great friendships over the years and been to some wonderful golf courses and facilities. And, um, so yeah, it's been a, a great run and I still just try not to screw it up too bad too quickly. <laughs> And Ron, you mentioned your time at Augusta National, Senior Director of Corporate Affairs there. How'd you land that job? So I was, again, you'll hear me say multiple times, very fortunate. I've been very lucky uh, in my career. When I, um, and this, apropos to this week, the week of the Tour Championship, I ran the Tour Championship at Eastlake in the first three, first three playings there in 1998, 2000, and 2002. And Billy Payne was my general chairman, the volunteer in charge uh, of the event and the volunteer aspect of everything. And um, we got to be good friends. And uh, he, when he became chairman of Augusta National, he asked me to come work for him. And I was thrilled and honored and said, yes, sir, I'll race you there. And uh, <laughs> had the opportunity to go there from 2008 to 2016. And had oversight of our communications side of the business, which was great. But the exciting part was the grow the game effort that he led the charge with. And that was the creation of the Asian Amateur Championship, the Latin America Amateur Championship, and the Drive, Chip, and Putt Championship. So I was a part of creating those events, part of a great team of amazing people that, that did so in partnership with the RNA, the Asia Pacific Golf Confederation, and the USGA and traveled the world internationally and in Asia and Latin America and setting up these events and creating opportunities for these young players from uh, developed countries and developing countries in the world of golf to participate with the goal to be an aspiration of playing in the Masters. And uh, it was a, a thrill to be a part of and to see, you know, players like Hideki Matsuyama, who won two of the first three and um and then fast forward and you know Mr. Payne's vision was to create heroes and to see Hideki win that event, low amateur, and then the Masters, you know, in the green jacket, um, was just one of the most exciting moments to to see come to fruition and that's a tribute to Mr. Payne and his vision, his dedication to to grow in the game. And I was uh uh, proud to be a small part of it for sure. So Ron, let me live vicariously through you. What was it like the very first time you got to put a tee in the ground at Augusta National? So November 9th, 1999 is the day. <laughs> I remember it. Um, <laughs> it was before I started working there. It was Mr. Payne graciously invited me to come play as a guest with him. And I shot a 79, which I was so excited about and uh, could almost probably tell you every shot, you know, not that you want to hear it, but um was one of those great memories and was very fortunate to have the opportunity to play, you know, multiple times as as an employee thereafter while we were there. Very um, a nice benefit of, of working there that they treat the staff extremely well and to provide an opportunity 
at the end of the season to, to play the course. And so um, played it worse every time until the very last time I played it. <laughs> so uh, but tremendous fond memories and uh, a great place to have to go to work every day and, and, and wonderful people that, that are a part of that. The membership, staff, um, the community of Augusta just – you know, they put on a, an amazing event every year, and it, uh, it's, uh, again, fond memories to, to have been a part of it, for sure. And we've got the President's Cup coming up in just under a month. You spent time as the VP of the President's Cup handling events domestically and internationally. Talk about being a part of one of the premier golf uh, events on the PGA Tour, not just the Tour Championship and Augusta National and all of that. But now you get to be a part of the President's Cup, too. Again, a, a tremendous experience. Um, actually ran it as the executive director, the second one in 1996 at Robert Trent Jones Golf Club. Um, fast forward and, and had responsibility for the oversight of it in 19 in Australia. It was a tremendous success there at Royal Melbourne Golf Club, thanks to Matt Kaminsky and the team that uh, were on the ground making that happen. And, uh, and then was a part of the team with Adam Sperling, who's leading the charge there, there at Quail Hollow, uh, under the leadership of Johnny and John O'Harris, um, and the membership there at Quail Hollow. That's going to be the most successful President's Cup in the history. Um, and that's a tribute to Adam and his team there and, and Mr. Harris and the, and the membership there at Quail Hollow. I think it's going to be a great fun event in a couple of weeks and, uh, look forward to seeing it. So, Ron, how did the new role as Chief Events Officer for Live Golf come about? It was back in 2020. I was at the tour, as you mentioned, and so nicely did your research is to um, be in that position. And at the end of December, uh, the start of the pandemic, my position was eliminated. And so I was out looking for a job, uh, very fortunate to get a nice severance package where I didn't have to rush to do anything. So took the first, you know, several months off and then started looking for a job and did not think I'd be involved in golf again after having so many wonderful years at the PGA Tour and at Augusta National. Was looking to possibly do something in, in sports marketing for a, for a corporate entity and or even Heading down the path of the Olympics in LA in 28 was was a a goal that I was looking into, and uh, nothing had come to fruition at the time. And so it was about September, end of September, and I get a call from Greg Norman who said he's got this little golf project he's working on and wanted to know if I was interested in, in being a part of it as his chief events officer and. Uh, would love to talk to you and went down a week later and two weeks later, I think, uh, got the job and, uh, employee number four of Live Golf and, um, have been having, a, an absolute, uh, thrill. Um, I tell people all the time, it's, uh, since that October, it's been exciting, exhilarating, depressing, demoralizing and every emotion in between. It's just been a, an absolute, uh, fun ride and, uh, amazing what has been accomplished in a short amount of time. If you'd have told me back in March that we were going to create, run, and execute three brand-new tournaments in the next 90 days, I would have thought you were crazy. But uh, our team pulled it off with a lot of great people and colleagues and 
partners involved, and here we are with two more events upcoming in Boston and Chicago in the next couple of weeks, and finishing off with Bangkok, Jeddah, and Miami for the Team World Championship. So it's um, eight events this year, 14 events next year, and um, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of hard work, time, and effort, but again, very fortunate that Greg and under his leadership, he's he's put a team together that of people that are really good at what they do, are very smart at what they do, and and enjoy what we do. And that's that's the best part about it. It's it's being around people that you know work hard but enjoy being around each other and um, and making things happen. So it's um, I'm again you've heard me say it not once, twelve times already. I'm very fortunate um, to be in the position I'm in right now, and and very thankful every day. Ron, when you hear about some of the response that the PGA Tour is doing because of what you guys are doing, it it seems like a crazy scramble to me to copy Live Golf's ideas. Suddenly, tournament purses are increasing, potential changes to tournament structures. We've heard recently about they're looking to create no-cut events with the top 60 players with a $20 million purse. Are you guys surprised that? It appears like the tour is doing what they did to Greg Norman back in the 90s when they sort of stole his World Golf Championship idea. It seems like they're trying to do the same thing that Live Golf is doing. Is that surprising to you guys? I think what we're doing is um, proven to be very successful with the no-cut events and limited fields and, you know, high-impact purses, which is all about helping the players and, and giving them the things that uh, we believe they are deserving of and uh, have earned and, um, you know, helping to spread that for the players and then growing it, the game around the world to, to other markets that are going to enjoy seeing these players on a more regular basis. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's in the long run, it's, it's about bettering the game of golf and, and for the players. And I think we're, having a, a very solid and positive impact to that. And if there's other ways that can be enhanced to do so and with, you know, other organizations around the world, then that's great. We're, we're again, happy to be a part of it and glad those kind of things are happening and, and being more positive for, for the players and, and what they are deserving of. At the root of what you guys are doing, isn't it just competing with the PGA Tour, kind of like the USFL did back in the day with the NFL or Starbucks does with Dunkin' Donuts or when Home Depot came along and upset the hardware industry. Isn't it just competition or am I looking at it too simplistically? Yeah, competition is good, I guess, is the bottom line, what we're saying. I think that's uh, what we think is, you know, a good opportunity. We're not looking to interfere with, you know, the major championships. We're not looking to interfere with uh, the bigger heritage events of Mr. Palmer, Mr. Nicholas, Players Championship, et cetera. But there are other opportunities where we think a field of this strength can participate and compete and fans that will enjoy. And it's uh, a good individual competition. And it's also, you know, going to be an exciting team competition. I think that's ultimately the, the differentiator that we're talking about. That's going to be the ultimate value is the, the franchise value and the fans, you know, cheering for the four aces, not just Dustin Johnson as an example. And so um, that's what I get excited about. That's what I think uh, is is looking to the future, what's going to be uh, a huge 
differentiator and um and I think we're well on our way and looking forward to the to the months and years ahead. So you mentioned franchise. Is that really where the model for Live goes in in selling the franchises, selling ownership for the teams and that sort of thing? Is that where you guys feel like, hey, here's here's what is really going to drive excitement. Not just that you've got teams and we know that there are, but another aspect becoming those teams actually are franchises that you may have team ownership for. That's exactly right. That's that's the business model moving forward. That's the investment model that um is gonna make a, a huge difference in, in the years ahead. And it's um, you know, we're still a startup and it's still uh, figuring things out and making it happen, but to launch the league next year that we're doing with 14 events will be, you know, full team, full 48 player league. And, um, so we're excited to see how it comes about. And, um, yeah, the, the future is bright in that side. I think that's going to be a, a real difference maker for sure. And does the Asian tour then become kind of like the corn fairy tour for the PGA tour? Is that where? You got players kind of shuttling potentially back and forth between Live Golf and the Asian Tour. I don't know that I'd qualify it that way exactly. I think Asian Tour is a very strong tour on its own merits for sure. What we've done is invested in the international series, um, a series of ten events that um, players will participate in, and the leading money winner at the end of those ten events will be promoted to the league. So, at the end of the season. Four players will be relegated, so not unlike you know other major sports and and soccer, football, um, as it's described around the world, um, there'll be relegation and promotion and uh, trades and and all that kind of stuff. More details to come on that as as we get further into it. But um, that international series is uh, are going to be impactful events on the uh, Asian tour and an opportunity for players to you know, qualify and, and develop into a league player for sure. For people who are saying that the Saudis that back you are going to get bored at some point, they're going to be tired of dishing out the big dollars to players and all that sort of thing. And two, three years from now, they're going to be shutting live golf down just out of mere boredom or, Hey, we paid a bunch of money to get this thing started. It really didn't go in the way we want. So let's just shut this thing down. How do you respond to the naysayers? So my my thought is that the public investment fund is a, you know, hundreds of billion dollar wealth fund that invests in companies all around the world, companies like Disney, Uber, Boeing, Live Golf, and they do it as investment. And they see golf and this franchise model as an investment that they'll get a return on um in the years ahead whether that's I don't think anybody's expecting that to be two or three years. It's a longer term model, but it's something that, uh, they are invested in and that we're thankful for their investment and, and think that we collectively will all benefit from, from the investment in the game, uh, as we continue to grow it around the world. And Ron, we hear rumors that, you know, Pat, maybe after this weekend, after the tour championship, Five more big name players are going to be coming over to live. And I'm certainly not asking you to name names, but if that's accurate, you know, are, well, first of all, is that accurate that we could see more players at the end of this weekend come over to live? And if so, are any of those names people we might be surprised to hear about? So I would suggest to you that there's definitely opportunity for more players to come and be a part of it. When and who that is, I 
can't comment on, certainly. But uh, I think, again, there are exciting times ahead for, for more players to, to come and be involved. You've got five more events coming up in September and October. Talk about what we can expect to see at those tournaments. So great markets that we're in, uh, Boston, Chicago, Miami, um, for the U.S. events, markets that are currently underserved in, in the world of professional golf. So we're excited to bring these best players to, to those markets and, and show off this format, show off the, you know, golf but louder aspect of what live golf is all about. Um, taking it also internationally, Bangkok is at a new golf course, Stonehill. Um, a tremendous facility um, owned by Surat Ratanavati and is just a absolute beautiful golf course, tremendous clubhouse. Like I said, all brand new. So looking forward to hosting the very first professional event there uh, on those grounds coming up in the, in a few weeks. And then uh, to Jeddah, to Royal Greens Golf Club that's hosted the Saudi International. Always a great test for these players. Looking forward to being back there. And then again, finishing off in, at Doral um, for the Team World Championship. So, yeah, five more events. We were scheduled for and are participating in eight events this year. We were going to be 10 events next year and then 14 kicking off the league in 24. The good news is, is that our first two events, London and Portland, went extremely well. The bad news is that our first two events went extremely well, and so everybody decided we should move up the league a year earlier. So it's uh, fast and furious now, um, putting that schedule together and creating those relationships and getting people on the ground for those venues to start the league next year. And it's, um, again, uh, repeating myself, I apologize, but it's, again, very exciting times right now in, in the world of live golf. Ron, I, I got to imagine at some point a TV deal has to be on the horizon. Is that something that we could expect in, in 23 that you guys are going to be off of YouTube and onto a network? I think there will be a combination of that, right? All streaming and network and cable. I, I don't know the details. That's not my part of the business, obviously. My awesome colleague, Will Stager, who's our chief media officer, handles that, so Maybe that's a call with him. You can schedule and get some more feedback and, <laughs> and details from him. He's, he's the expert on that. I don't know anything about that side of the business but other than he does an amazing job, and I know he's got some great plans coming coming up soon. Ron, people always ask the question now, is there an opportunity for the PGA Tour and Live Golf to work together? Do you think there's that opportunity, or is really Live Golf an alternative to the PGA Tour? We, we've always believed from the beginning and continue to this day to believe there's collaboration and, and ability to, to work together in the world of golf. Um, I, I think you've heard that from Greg and others that, you know, we believe that and we, we think that can and, and will still happen. Whether that's tomorrow, next week or next year, who knows? You know, a lot going on, obviously, that's above my pay grade, but, um, I, I believe that. I think that's what you know, the world golf can be and, and should be. And so I look forward to having those conversations one day in the future. Ron, just a couple more before I let you go. And I've heard that a women's live golf tour is really a done deal and it's going to happen. Is that accurate? I think there is discussion of what if that could be in the future. I wouldn't characterize it as a done deal, but I think there's certainly 
opportunities that that's again an opportunity to grow the game and be a part of that that we'd be interested in having those discussions but there's nothing that I'm aware of as imminent and and happening anytime real soon in the future but certainly discussions and would love to have further discussions about it we think that's a a great thing Ron how can our listeners stay up to date with you and all the things that you've got going on with live golf whether that's on online or on social media yeah, livegolf.com certainly is a, is a great resource. Our YouTube channel for Live Golf is uh, the best way right now to to watch it and watch highlights and, and feature videos that our um, amazing production team, again under Will, James Watson, and Michael Mant have created that uh, tell the story. Um, Live Golf on all the you know Twitter pages and Instagram and the like. So it's out there. Appreciate the followers and the support, and and appreciate um, folks like you giving us the time to help tell the story and and provide that support for what we can um, ultimately do in this great world of golf to to make it better in the future. Well, Ron, it's been great having you as part of the show. I hope we get the opportunity to catch up with you soon. Hear about what we can look forward to in twenty three and beyond. Uh, it's you know I think I think um, you've been a, a wonderful guest. You've You've certainly been somebody that uh, over the 13 years that uh, over the course of the time that I've been acquainted with you that has had a fantastic career in the game. You've had a, a major positive impact, and I thank you for all you've meant and done for the game of golf. Very kind of you, Chris. I appreciate your uh, support as well, and congratulations to your success on your podcast, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. I appreciate you, Ron. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. See you, Ron. That is Ron Cross, Chief Events Officer for Live Golf. And boy, I think they've got some really good ideas over there for the things that they are bringing to the game of golf. And Ron's just a good guy, and he's got a wonderful career doing big events on the PGA Tour, so you know the events are going to be run well. I understand everybody's concerned about the Saudi money and being respectful of 9-11 and all of those sorts of things, so that hits me in the heart. So. I, I'm I'm with all of you with the concern about where the money is coming from and that sort of thing. The opposite side of that coin is, as you heard, that they've invested in a lot of things, and we're giving money to the Saudis every day when we go to the gas pump. There is the economics of that. It's a tough moral dilemma, I think, for all of us. So we wrestle with that. But if you can take that off the table for just a minute, and let's just talk about competition with the PGA Tour. And what would we like to see the PGA Tour do differently or better? Well, I mean, I think, you know, the tour has been stale for a long time. And these guys coming along to shake things up and do things differently and try some different concepts and being very flexible with what they do, I think there's a lot to be said for that. So whether the PGA Tour chooses to continue to take some of those ideas and incorporate them into the tour, maybe the best things that Liv does, the PGA Tour pays attention to, and then they incorporate those things and, and really shake the game up, and we all end up better for it. That is my hope for what Live Golf brings to the game of golf, if you will. Okay, before we close up shop tonight, I want to remind you about a couple more of our sponsors, including our friends over at Two Under. Two Under Men's Performance Briefs have just released their new Spring and Summer 22 collections with fun, new, and exciting prints like the Freedom 2 and 3, Santa Fe, Tigers, Zebras, and Duckies. 
and their new exclusive Folds of Honor collection, where they donate 20% of all Folds of Honor sales proceeds to that cause. The patented Joey Pouch technology delivers maximum comfort, fit, and performance while preventing any unwanted skin-on-skin contact or chafing. Good for anything from the golf course to the boardroom to the bedroom. You can find these two underperformance briefs in over 4,000 golf pro shops nationwide, all Shield Sports stores, all PGA Tour superstores, Golf Galaxy, Dillard's, and other fine retailers near you. You can also order them online at 2under.com. That's the number 2, U-N-D-R.com. 2under, performance in your pants. Use code NEXTT20, that's N-X-T-T-E-E-20, for a 20% discount on the 2under website. I also want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Golf Pride. We deal with a lot on the golf course, whether you're teeing off in front of a crowd, hitting a four-iron after a rain delay, trying to figure out wind direction, or second-guessing club selection. It's easy for your mind to race. That's exactly what drove Golf Pride to create the all-new CPX. It's made with a unique EXO diamond-quilted pattern, reducing vibration in your hands on every shot. The EX diamond-quilted pattern really helps your hands sink into the club on every shot, giving you maximum comfort because when your hands are comfortable, you're comfortable. CPX is available now on GolfPride.com or at your local retailer. All right, my friends, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Team. My sincere thanks again to Scott Hamilton and Ron Cross for joining me tonight. Scheduled to join me next week are our resident director of instruction, Tom Patrick, will be back, as will tour legend Tom Pertzer. And we'll get a long overdue return visit from Champions Tour Pro Bob Estes. Looking forward to having Bob back as part of the show. So it's going to be a great one, folks. I hope you'll come back and be a part of it with us. You can listen to this show as a podcast on just about every major podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast.co, Audioboom, Player.fm, Podbean. If you have a favorite podcasting app, we're probably on that one too. Just type in Next on the T on the search bar. You'll probably find us there. Please check out our website, nextonthetea.net, to see what our upcoming guest schedule looks like. Plus, we give you links to recent episodes and individual guest segments. So whether you've got 20 minutes or 90 minutes, we have great content on there for you. Folks, thank you all again for choosing to listen to this show tonight. I know you've got a lot of golf podcasts out there to choose from. I am very thankful that you are making Next on the Tee one of them. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.
A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 